Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. The grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is easy these days to associate warfare with images of tanks rolling in, snipers on rooftops, and attack helicopters delivering their payloads while F-16s fly overhead. A little more controversial than that are the images of drones and ICBMs attacking enemies from a removed distance, which have been a common sight on the news over the past few decades. Since the United States has been at war in one place or another until our withdrawal from Afghanistan, all of these militarized images have been pretty familiar throughout my lifetime. Big machines filled with devastating technology that are capable of leveling enemy strongholds come to mind easily in the modern world when we think about how to wage war and the artillery required to win these conflicts. By contrast, the prophet Zechariah provides us with images of different ways of waging not war, but peace. Our first lesson for this week says, Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Sweet, our king comes victoriously, triumphant. Um, humbly? Okay. Riding on a donkey? Wait, what? In the ancient world, a war horse was like a Sherman tank or a Humvee. But for a triumphant king to be riding on a donkey was something else entirely. For context, a king riding on a donkey would be analogous to him riding a rickshaw instead of a chariot. It is like God is telling us through the prophet that we should look for a king who rolls into town on a Vespa instead of a Harley. Peter's onto the premises, driving a rickety old Ford Pinto instead of a Ferrari. Or tries to make a splash by stepping off a Greyhound bus after paying commercial fares instead of arriving at the head of a presidential motorcade. It would be as if uh, General Douglas MacArthur tried to storm the beaches of the Pacific on a life raft. Stormy Norman Schwarzkopf attempted to dislodge Iraqi forces from Kuwait by using mopeds instead of NATO air forces. Or us trying to intervene in Ukraine these days by sending slingshots. The vision that Zachariah cast for the image of the conquering Prince of Peace is not really square with the practical realities of war. However, the fact that the king of peace, which Zechariah talks about, does not look like the conquering heroes we expect is precisely the point. The prophetic vision of a peaceful king riding on a donkey transcends what we can imagine or expect for ourselves. Practically, pragmatically, it would be just as foolish to send donkeys into combat as, leveling, or as leading naval barrages from rowboats or land invasions from skateboards. Prophetically, 
God tells us that there are higher realms of peace and prosperity that we cannot yet imagine for ourselves. Peace and prosperity that is seen in the form of humility amongst our leaders that is unrealistic by standards of our world. Pondering God's prophetic way as one of a humble hero brings to mind, as I mentioned in the children's sermon, the movie Iron Man. Are there any Iron Man fans in church today? Hey, all right, in the back row, all right. We got, we got two. <laughs> um, if not, that's okay. But it is a cool movie, which is worth seeing if you have not. And this is the first, I, I, I should go on the record here, this sermon is the first one I've ever watched, re-watched a Marvel movie to prepare for, so. <laughs> kind of a unique thing. <laughs> anyway, in the movie, the main character, the Iron Man, is Tony Stark, played by none other than Robert Downey Jr. In the beginning of the movie, his company, Stark Industries, manufactures missiles and other weaponry for the U.S. Armed Forces, and is exceedingly profitable for doing so. As part of his demonstration of their fictional Jericho missile system before a group of generals, Tony Stark said, Is it better to be feared or respected? I say, is it too much to ask for both? They say the best weapon is one you never have to fire. I respectfully disagree. I prefer the weapon you only have to fire once. That's how Dad did it. That's how America does it. And it's worked out pretty well so far. He then proceeds to test the launch missiles, showing an awesome display of destructive force that I would never want to face in wartime. The idea is that overwhelming force can ensure the peace we desire even if it comes at the cost of incredibly destructive violence. Kill your enemy before he can kill you, and the peace you will want will be achieved. It is a very alluring image of what military might can achieve. Yet even though military force is a practical necessity in our world, thinking that peace comes through the use of the sword has proven flawed throughout the history of the world. The ancient Greeks, uh, with Alexander the Great, marched from Macedonia, conquering all the way to India and back again. But their conquests only inspired insurrection, overthrow, and defeat at the hands of the Romans down the road. Those same ancient Romans were nearly unstoppable for almost a thousand years. But the supposed peace that they thought they could force on everyone around the Mediterranean, did not keep the Goths, Vandals, Huns, and others from rising to supplant them in due time. Our country has had a large enough nuclear arsenal to demolish the Earth several times over for nearly three quarters of a century now. However, the massive firepower that we command has not kept enemies, both foreign and domestic, from trying to shoot at our soldiers or kidnap our citizens. Teddy Roosevelt famously said, speak softly, but carry a big stick. He failed to acknowledge in the sentiment, though, that carrying around bigger sticks often just inspires bullies to carry bigger sticks of their own. 
when considering the failed history of trying to force peace at the end of a sword. An image of a humble hero king does not seem so far-fetched. This king on a donkey may seem more like a jester than a jouster, more like a clown than a king, more like a weakling than a warrior. But perhaps the humble hero is exactly who we need, precisely because he does not fit our image of noble warriors who consistently fail to make peace a reality. The valor of this king is not in his ability to kill, but in his ability to remove any need for death and destruction. The nobility of this Lord is that he brings an end to violence instead of trying to merely hit harder than the next guy. The prestige of this patron is that he is known for all the ways he wages peace instead of warfare. A state of peace that is limitless and can never be conquered. Zechariah finishes this passage by saying, Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore you double. I love that phrase, prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope. Hope seems like a weird thing to be imprisoned by. And yet this phrase beautifully describes deep longings that I would guess most of us, if not all of us, have. Longings for a better future that we can never force for ourselves, but only receive as a free gift of God. God in Jesus Christ will indeed restore us double as the prophet says. And God will do that in ways that we can only barely yet comprehend. May God make it so. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.